0: scientist who has spent many decades studying the mind and also the brain. She's a speaker, and author, travels the world. She says every morning that when you wake up, during the night, there are the birthing of new cells in our brain. There is hope. She says, moment by moment, every day, you are changing the structure of your brain by how you think, for good or for bad. We know that although we all have been born again and we have come to Christ, our hearts have been born again but our minds have not been saved, and that our minds have to be taken care of spiritually, if not, our minds become a rogue that will take us where we don't want to go. We know that we can, in this series, learn a little bit how to think differently, enhance our brain, and turn from the natural drift of the carnal mind to be negative, that now we begin to infiltrate our minds, our brain with the thoughts of God. The battle that we are facing, and we all have battles as we almost went to heaven on that song, we all have battles that we are facing. Our biggest battle is not what we see in front of us. Our biggest battle is located within us, and it's in your mind and my mind. Our mind is the battleground. I felt like the Holy Spirit directed me back to this profound text in Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3, 4, and 5, if you're here just say yes, verse 3. I hope you'll have your uh, Bible in front of you, or you're on your YouVersion app, and I hope you'll take a few notes on your program. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the, war, as the world does. The weapons, the weapons, say that, the weapons. We fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Verse 5, let's hit it together. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive The apostle here is writing to Christians in Corinth. He begins by saying, We are in the world. For us that are here, we're in Orlando. And he tells us that there is a war that is underway. He has this dichotomy between the war that is being fought within our culture and the world and the war that uses weapons that are godly to destroy every enemy in our minds. Here he says, we fight, however, we do not fight like the culture. A fight is underway for almost all of us regarding our relationships. There is conflict. In our culture, the weapons that we fight in our relational wars are screaming, swearing, anger, bitterness, resentment, manipulation, lying, maneuvering, control, hatred, deception, lies to cover your tracks. So he says, listen. Be attentive. A war is underway. Your location is earth in this world, in this culture around us. Be very careful, writing to believers, that you do not incorporate in your fighting the weapons that the culture uses. Then he says this. The weapons we fight with, they're not those other weapons. Bitterness is a weapon. Resentment is a weapon. Demonic powers of hatred and evil and screaming and cursing and using the four-letter word, they are weapons. And the world believes that those weapons are good weapons and they use them. He says... Wrong. Don't use those weapons. They're not our weapons. They will not get you where you need to go. They are not in my book. They are not in my plan. Hallelujah. The weapons, say it. The weapons that we fight with. Just weapon are not the weapons of the world. Now, all of those weapons come from toxic thoughts, or they come into toxic thoughts. Toxic is anything containing poisonous material capable of causing sickness or even death. We're talking here about spiritual thoughts being toxic. Toxic poisonous in your mind. And here, the apostle says, these are the weapons that you need to use. And we know the most powerful weapon is the living, active Word of God. The devil hates this Word of God because inspired writers, men and women, inspired by the Holy Spirit, spoke on behalf of God, and that's why we call this God's Word. It's not your Word. It's not my Word. It's not our word. This is God speaking from heaven. Every word is inerrant. Every word is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's made alive. It's the foremost weapon that we have. It's the weapon that will crush the gates of hell. It's the weapon that will pierce our minds. It's the weapon that will correct our toxic thinking. It's the word that will shove all the condemnation off of our hearts. It's the word of God that is able to crush every enemy that is coming at us. And the enemy hates this word. He's against this word. He would like us to take the word and put it in the back and tell funny stories and just have an entertainment here. By the way, this is not a devotional book. This is the inspired Word of God. This is, this, is, this is the Word. And when we begin to understand it's a weapon, when we begin to understand it's a weapon given by God, it's our weapon in our house. Some people have guns in their house. We don't. We have weapons better than guns and rifles. We have, we have the word of, scratch that, we have the word of God that is alive and active inside of us. Yeah. However, this weapon has no power at all sitting on a shelf or in your phone resting. When we get up, and we begin to open the pages of this book, and we are quietly alone, and we are listening, and we are waiting, the Bible says in Isaiah 40:31, those who wait upon God Get fresh strength. God says, I'm going to honor the waiters. I'm going to honor the waiters. And when I'm in my morning briefing, I sit down in my prayer chair and I begin, I begin to invite the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit to come into that room. And I am intending For my mind to be the mind of Christ, that somehow the things that I do not know that I need to know, that he can begin to brief me, there are decisions I do not know how to make. And a lot of our prayer is because we made the wrong decision, and then we need prayer to get us out of the cul-de-sac. When if we had prayed first, we would have known that that was a wrong turn, but you know we're busy, so we don't have time sometimes to actually be a waiter. But Isaiah said that if you will become a waiter, when you get up out of your briefing, you're going to get out of there, and you are going to get fresh strength, You don't get fresh strength by running all the time. And there are many believers, you are so tired because you don't have the time or take the time to actually get new strength. And if you're not full of strength, and I might add, this is in the Scripture, you need to have physical strength and spiritual strength. If you're not exercising your muscles, if you're seven years old or you're 107 years old, every single day you live, your muscle is in atrophy and you are becoming weaker every single year, whatever age you're in. And your muscle gets smaller and then you're kind of frail because you didn't, you didn't think that strength physically was important because you don't have the time. You're wrong. You will pay the price. You better get strong physically, because you need the physical. I'm off my notes. The waiters get fresh strength. When they get fresh strength, the Bible says they begin to run. And the Bible says they walk. And what he means by walking is you're going somewhere. You're not like when I was in the army, the captain would say, walk in. We have soldiers here. Walk in. Oh, my God. Walk in place. I'll get back on my notes here. When when he says you're going to walk, it means you're going somewhere. When he says you're going to run, you're not going to get tired. But I'm going to tell you, i can tell you, if you don't use the weapon, your brain is going to be so tired, you can't even think, and then the toxic thoughts come in, and then the enemy makes you weak, and when you get into the battle, you get whipped every time. He says, don't, don't use the weapons of the world here. Don't use them. Anger, resentment, bitterness, malice. Put those weapons in the toolshed. Get out your book. Have a morning briefing. I do it in the morning almost always. I do it in the morning because my brain is fresh. My body is alert. It's hard if you have... 20 kids in your house changing 30 diapers I understand maybe you do it at midnight but the bible says that if we wait we will be strong and god will do marvelous things hallelujah And when we become strong, the sign of being strong is not that you say, I'm strong spiritually. The real test, if you're strong, is how you live your life under tense circumstances. I got a note here from one of our parishioners. uh, I want to… Thank you for the message on Sunday about starting your morning, developing your mind, getting into the Word of God. It really benefited me today. I was on the interstate. A person tailgated me, then went around me, hope that person isn't here, and was hitting their brakes in front of me. He said, instead of succumbing to the retaliation and doing something stupid and ungodly, I took a deep breath, prayed, and today was a spiritual mental warfare win for me. Keep the word on this subject. I will. The enemy is constantly trying to put in our minds that you can't. You can't. His strategy is clear. You can't overcome your negative thinking, you cannot beat your destructive habits, you can't forgive your father for what he did. You can't have really healthy relationships. You can't change the direction of your life. You can't be successful. You can't get over your shyness. You can't be a world changer. And what he does, he fills our minds with lies. And what he is trying to do is to tell us who we are, what we can do, what we cannot do, until we begin to have one you can't and another one and another one, and rather than seize the moment, rather than step up as a radical world changer, he quietly, subtly continues his you can'ts until, over time, over years, he backs us up so that we're ineffective, we are not living, we are not running, we are not walking, we are not strong, we are backing up, not knowing where we're going, one step at a time, and then he isolates us and gets you in your own house, your own dorm, your own self, and you close in with your social media, looking at what everybody else is doing, but actually you stop living, and now you have become a person that is on a chain. And you are controlled by him. And he is so happy with you. He is so pleased with you. Because you have no I can left in your heart. And you have lost your destiny. And you have allowed someone, you have allowed something to stop you. And sometimes it is because you don't have experience... And you believe you always need to have experience to do something, not knowing that throughout the Bible, God has taken men and women. And he has taken them very young. And he has taken them very old. And he has said to them and whispered and told them to go. And all they had was to go. And in some cases, they didn't have the background. They didn't know what they should know. But they had to go. And they had the thoughts of, my, of God in their minds, and they, they decided that they were going to overrun the you can't with I can. And what he says to us today, you can. And he says, why are you believing the, why are you, believe, believing the you can't? The you can is toxic. And when we're toxic, we got poison, spiritual poison operating right here. And unless you deal with your mind and your thoughts and allow the weapon of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to begin to trap and drive out those thoughts. Sometimes we just want to drive out the demon of whatever in the mind. Sometimes it's one day at a time where you kill that toxic thought by consistently taking one of these power verses and let that ricochet off of the lie of the enemy until you begin to get your mind toxic free. And then when God says to do something and you don't have what it takes, you say, I'm going to depend on God and I am a killer for God and I crush the gates of hell. strongholds are prisons. It's when you have that thought that goes over and over again. This person hurt me. This person hurt me. This person hurt me. It's not a stronghold. That person hurt me. That person hurt me. It's not a stronghold. But then I come out with my weapon. And this is the the most dangerous thing you can do as a a believer. And listen very clearly. And I come back with that with the weapons of the world. I said, "I, I have bitterness and resentment. You're dangerous. What you have done is you have taken a weapon of Satan and you have used it for this situation. And that's because you're weak. And that's because you don't have people around you supporting you and helping you. Because when he writes here, he doesn't say I, he says we. We fight. We fight. If you're in this room or watching and you have bitterness to a person, you are so toxic. You are so dangerous. You have stepped onto the devil's platform and you are fighting with his weapons. When you fight with his weapons, you become owned by him in some way. No, when you are strong, remember the waiters... Are the strong people? Those that wait on God, those who are listening, they get fresh strength. And they step into that situation. And you realize this person is acting like the devil and you pull out your weapon of what the Bible says, and the, and the weapon is, take your weapon and go after them with forgiveness. And you say, ah, I cut away that bitterness. Oh my God, oh my God. If you, if you, listen to me, listen to me. It's not in my notes, listen to me listen to me. If you are sitting in this room or watching on television and you have bitterness, oh my God, you don't even, please see me after the service. I'll pray with you. You're dangerous. You're on, you're on the platform of the devil himself and you are using, you're using, it's good you're fighting. You've got the wrong weapon. You need to step in there and say, this person hates me. And sometimes we don't have the strength, and we have to have people around us say, hey, listen, let me help you. That's why I do the encounters. What are we doing? We're helping each other. So we can do what? Fight with all our might. The waiters get fresh strength. A shocking thing happening in the country. U version. now, Bible app, flip it up there. 377 million plus getting on this app, getting a plan to get into the weapon and wait. And whether you have this or you have that, they're both weapons. So pick one. Fathers, mothers, you better get your kids by age five on a daily briefing with God and buy them the right whatever or app where they are listening and they are using the weapon early in life because that's what will make a difference. When we begin to cast down, we demolish arguments with what? The Bible, the Holy Spirit. We demolish every pretension, verse 5. It sets itself up against Every pretension, unforgiveness. We said unforgiveness. I don't know why I'm mentioning this over and over. Wow. Will those that have unforgiveness stand up? No. You take unforgiveness and you stand it up to the knowledge of God, which is what God says. And when you crush that, those toxic, imagine what it's doing to your brain if our thoughts affect our brain, imagine what is happening to your brain where you think, I hate my father, I hate my mother. You, have the, you, you probably have the evidence to do that wrong weapon. I speak a, a spirit of forgiveness over this congregation. We have to fight. God has given a certain destiny, and he'll tell you to do something that you think you can't do. I learned just in the last few days that a call came from the mayor's office of the city and invited my wife, Judy, to come and pray for the city council, and... I didn't know she would say yes. And it kind of shocked me. I fell over, called 911. (laughs) And I said, Judy, you're doing what? She said, I'm praying at the mayor's city council meeting. So I became Uber (laughs) and went down there. She stands up there, and this is not like her. She said, I'm so honored to be here with you and the mayor's there and all the commissioners and the place is packed. I'm honored to be here. And she prayed the most beautiful heart given prayer from her heart. I read prayers. And she said, she prayed for unity. She prayed for their families. And this guy kind of grabs her, takes her in the corner with the mayor, and take a picture of, him, of them. They didn't ask me, of course, I was the Uber driver. <laughs> I just stood there and said, praise God. It's my girl, praise God. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I was so proud of her, because I, I knew that in the natural, she should have said, I can't, but God gave her the I can. There's a great fight underway. And the Philistines had intimidated God's people. And a big guy got up by the name of Goliath. His armor weighed 125 pounds. And they were in the valley of Elah, and it's in the valley where we have our battles, And the big guy taunted not one person, an entire nation. Every day, the big guy came out strutting, send somebody to fight, and no, nobody came. In the crowd, there was a student that was in the mix, about 15 years old, they say. His name was David. Everyone thought, Saul could have gone, but Saul said, I can't, he's too big and strong. The other mighty warriors could have gone. But every time they looked at Goliath, he was too big. He was too strong. And this little guy, 15 years old, comes out, and he sees this guy strutting. Courage rises up in him. He didn't have the experience. He didn't have the armor, but he had... This courage. And he says, after a meeting with scared Saul, he says in verse 32, he says simply, I will go and I will fight. I'll go and I'll fight him. What is your Goliath? What is a Goliath that stands taunting you when you wake up in the morning? What, is, what, what taunts you? Maybe today, when you leave this service, you're going to say, "I'll go and I'll fight, I'll go and I'll fight it. I'll take it out in the name of the Lord. He goes out there and he looks at him. It's not what you think only, it's what you say. Because what you say determines the battles either won or lost. And he said to him succinctly, Big guy, you come to me with your sword, and you come to me with your spear, and you come to me with that javelin javelin thing I can just see him stand pretty tall and then he says but I come to you in the name of the Lord and the Lord is over the armies of heaven the God of the armies of Israel and you come here big guy and you are defiling God's people and then he had his second sermon. He looked at him, that big guy. And sometimes you got to look right at it. you got to look right at it. You're getting ready to start a new business. You're, you're ready to go into college. You're ready to get into something new. Start your small group. Get out and do something. Pray for the sick for the first time. Get out of the crowd. Do something. you got to stare it down and say with confidence what God says. There are too many people sitting around because you believe that you can't. But David, the big guy, said, today, I will kill you. And I not only will kill you, I will cut off your head. And all your people will be wiped out, and the birds will be getting a meal. David thought, This guy is so big, I can't miss him. However, the stone didn't kill him. The stone did not kill him. It just knocked him down. And Sometimes you can do something and you just knock down the enemy Amen. with that little whatever. But then he ran after him. He took his sword, pulled it out, and said, praise God. Whew. I'm not suggesting anyone kill anyone here this morning, just for the record. I'm suggesting that you fight. I'm suggesting that when we sing this song in a moment, we fight. Don't sing it just generically. I want you to think of something you're fighting. You have insecurity? When you begin to say, this is how I fight, you put insecurity in your mind. Say, I'm, a, I'm taking you out. You have resentment and bitterness. Please, please don't go to the cafe or leave this place before turning in your weapon of, unbelie- of unforgiveness and resentment. Yeah. Turning your weapons here. Come up and see me. Zach. I'm turning in my weapon. We need to have a bonfire after the service. I don't know what happened here Wednesday night. I don't know. I just came here, and and I just believed something was going to happen, that that we would not have the summer slump here in Orlando, that if Disney goes up in the summer, we can go up in the summer and have the summer jump. Just before the meeting on Wednesday night, this young girl I think her name was Tiffany, said, I just was diagnosed with cancer of her thyroid. I just happened to call her out. She was here. We called her up and looked around. Of course, we don't know what we're doing. And I looked, and Larissa was here. Some months ago, she's a French teacher. She had cancer of the tongue. They cut a good part of her tongue out. We gathered around, been praying and praying. She, she's all fired up. I'm cancer-free. they worked on my tongue. I'm good, and she's all fired up. So she comes up, and she looks like a killer. The next, the other slide. Yeah, she's hugging her right there, like, I'm going to kill cancer, just hugging you. And then Louise Duty gets up, and she just had cancer, and she beat, no, yeah, there she is on the left. And we're, we're like all up here like fighting together. And then the whole church goes, they literally go heavenly. And you, you know that song we, we talk about, all powerful, pull down heaven. I mean, we were, oh my God, I'm coming this Wednesday. We, we were actually pulling down. I'm gonna speak Wednesday night. We was pulling down heaven. <laughs> we were pulling down heaven. And it's like every part of the server's like, oh my God, that, that's pretty good. Oh, that's good. And that's what God wants to do for all this. I'll close with this. Many years ago. I had taken over the pastorate of uh, Calvary Assembly, and I've been asked by Dr. Cho to be on his board. And I was at this meeting, and I, we were all kind of just sitting. Someone came up to me, and said, tapped me on the shoulder, he said. Dr. Cho wants you to speak on Sunday in the main service. So, oh my God! I didn't have, you know, I have, I, have, I got to have all these papers here. Now I'm like, oh my God, because they have 15,000, and then they have all these cameras here from all over the city so there's I don't know how many hundred thousand or more I'm going like
1: oh my God
0: what's me to speak and naturally like you I thought I can't do that my God I can't do that I've never been trained for that but my favorite book and the person in the whole Bible is David And I always used to say, what would David do? I said, I'm going to be David. I come out there, and there's 15,000 people and all these deals here. You have 30 minutes. You have a clock. If you don't end, you probably go down below. (laughs) Sometimes you just have to show up, and God will show off. Hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it,
1: This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. This is how
0: Battle was raging so strongly on the earth. Evil was everywhere. One day, God the Father realized there needed to be a Savior on the earth. And Jesus said, I'll go, I'll take on humanity. And he actually came in the flesh. His life was short. It's 33 years. It was clear from the father that his mission was to die on the cross for sin and sickness and mankind that was lost everywhere. And Jesus actually came. And this cross reminds us that he, he died for your sin and my sin so that I could be forgiven, be pardoned for my sin. Not really worthy of it, but he said, I'll forgive you. And the Bible says that all of us, all of us have sinned and we've lost the glory of God that should be upon us. Jesus, with arms outstretched, with grace and love, throughout the Bible, he would find people who everybody else was down on. The lady that was having sex and the law said kill the girl. He defended her. He loved her and he said, Go, don't don't say anymore. There's there's a better life. He never he never was judging people. He, he would all, he'd get the most corrupt IRS agents that were literally hated because they were thieves. And he brings them into a house and sits down, has a coffee with them, and they all come to him. I don't know what you've done I can tell you the size of your sin, and all sin is the same, but we put it in sizes. The cross is big enough to cover any sin, any sin. And we always have to come as we are. Jesus doesn't say, leave and get better and come back, and then you're worthy. He says, come right, come the way you are I'll take care of it in a moment we're going to count to three and if you just need to be forgiven grace is on tap here and all you have to do is the end of three is just go hey it's me I'm Mary it's me I'm Jack I need to be forgiven And Jesus says, Mary, come on. Jack, come on. We're going to count to three. You just need to be forgiven and engage Jesus. Or maybe you knew the Lord, and somehow you're in a matrix that takes you the wrong way. Come back. Come back. All the way from the last row of that balcony over here, I'm going to count to three if that's you without hesitation get out of what you're in you may not know everything about jesus but i can just tell you he's good he's good one two three put your hand up i want to be forgiven put it up over the building yes yes put it up put it up yes put it up put it up put it up yes yes You put your hand up. Come on, walk down the aisle. We're going to have a closing prayer. Take two minutes. Get out of your chair. Come down here. This is how we fight. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Out of the balcony. Come. Come on. This is how my
1: This is how fight my this is so fun.
0: Look at all these uh, people coming to Jesus. Our focus right now is not the enormity of what you've done. Our focus is on how good Jesus is. Sinless Son of God holy, and he welcomes you into his family. And today, you're simply opening your heart to the Lord, and you're asking him to take your life. You're giving up control. you say, Jesus, here I am. And we're going to pray this prayer. And just pray it from your heart like a child. And then right after that, Pastor Dave and my wife Judy's been down here hugging you. I'm going to take you to the side for two minutes for, give you a Bible and a nice hug. I'm going to ask no one to move when we finish this because the Lord gave me another word for just a second. I'd like our friends that are online to if you need Jesus. And there are several that are watching. You're Buddhist. There's one person as a Hindu. And Jesus will change your life. He is God. And let's pray this prayer Jesus. Jesus. I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe. That God, Jesus from the dead, that God raised Jesus from the dead, and he is alive. He is alive. I, turn from my sin. I turn from my sin. I repent. I, repent. I, abandon, my life I abandon my life to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus. Jesus, come Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Me of my sin. Give, me grace, Give me your grace, the gift of righteousness and eternal, life. and eternal life. We prayed that prayer. Welcome home. <laughs> Welcome home. Go ahead. Go ahead. No one move for a minute. No one move for a minute. No one move. Go go with them for 5 minutes if you would. Yes. Is this incredible? Incredible. Incredible. Now. Felt like the Holy Spirit said this. I went on and on about forgiveness. This sermon was not on that. If this morning you decided that you were forgiving someone, I'd like you to, just with soft music, just to walk up here and stand. And I want, I want it to be obvious to the devil he just lost one, his weapon of bitterness and resentment. Is there any, maybe there's no one here. Oh, there's one person. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Just, just stand there. Just stand there. And don't look down. Look up. You've already forgiven them. Come on, come on, just taking a stand. (laughs) Anybody else need just take a stand? I just want the enemy to know publicly that he lost. He lost. So, for all of you up front, I'm gonna say this, I forgive, and you'll say that, and then you can whisper the person's name. We'll just reinforce this. And if there's some out here, you could think about that. You can do it privately, too. Just say, I forgive. Let's go through that again. I forgive. just say their name in your mind, in your heart, out loud. And if you have to say 10 people, just maybe you can't remember their names. I feel freer. You feel freer?) Wow, nobody's moving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Let's just lift our hands and begin to thank Him for His goodness. Just begin to thank Him for His goodness. Hallelujah. He's good. He's good. Hallelujah. All over the building, just lift your hands, begin to thank Him. Thank Him. He's been so good. He's been so good. He's been so good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.